And joining me right now here on the phone line, this guy does a great job there in Orlando as a sports anchor and reporter. He's my good friend, Alex Walker with WFTV News. My man, how you doing today? Hey, Mark. How are you? Thanks for having me on as always, man. I always love getting you on. Hope everything's going great. Let's start with the NFL. We now know the Super Bowl coming up on February 11th there in Vegas. What do you think of Chiefs Niners? Chiefs Niners for the second time in what four years or so? Yeah, uh, it seems like it's a very eerie uh, similar you know similarity to that 2020 Super Bowl. But uh, I I was hoping to see Ravens 49ers, but um, we'll get Chiefs 49ers. I think the NFL's true hope, and I'm entirely joking here, but the NFL's true hope: confetti's falling, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey kissing under the confetti. I mean, come on, that's what they want. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm excited for the matchup, man. I think it's two talented teams. You got Patrick Mahomes back for, gosh, I think the third time in the last four years. And so, listen, I'm not a betting man. Um, I play fantasy football. That's about the extent of my betting. But it's so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes right now. Never thought he'd get here with this team on paper. But they're there. Chance to win another Super Bowl. Did they win that game Sunday, or did the Ravens just completely choke on national TV? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would use the word choke for sure. Uh, Todd Monken's been great this year uh, as the Ravens' offensive coordinator. He was the complete opposite of great in that championship game. I, I, I don't know what happened with Lamar Jackson in terms of maybe the whole he's a better passer thing got to his head, and he figured if I'm a better passer, why should I use my legs? But there were so many times I was watching him in the pocket. There's so much green grass in front of you. You use your legs, man. And the offensive game plan was bewildering. And I think that the Chiefs, I don't know if the Chiefs, the Chiefs just did enough to, to be in control of the game. And they were, I think if the Ravens had any sort of aggression or any sort of game plan that wasn't what they did, they'd have a much better chance late in the game. But the Chiefs did just enough. They played discipline. They didn't turn the ball over and, you have the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl. This time of year, sometimes, if you just take care of the ball, play clean, play disciplined, you can go pretty far. And I, I will say, Mark, one of my favorite parts about that game on, on Sunday was watching Travis Kelsey. He just was like, he, he just played in a way that was just on the perfect line of being too much in terms of taunting, in terms of like pushing, you know, holding his block an extra second just to see if the Ravens would retaliate. Chirping at guys a little bit too long to see what they would do, and it got to Baltimore. You saw multiple times some of those personal foul penalties that were killer. And so, but hey, you got to credit Andy Reid. And ever since he's been in Kansas City, he's had this team ready to rock and roll every single week when it really matters, and they're back again. What if I told you last week, okay, Kansas City would go to Baltimore, they'd score 17 points and don't score in the second half. What would you tell me? Yeah, you lose, what, lose by 10? <laughs> yeah. Something along those lines. I mean, yeah, when you look at the game flow, it's pretty crazy that Kansas City did what they did in the second half or lack thereof in the second half and, and still won. And the thing that sticks out to me, you know, all season long, and rightfully so, Mark, we've been, we've been, we've been bashing this, this Kansas City wide receiver core for their complete lack of production in terms of helping out Mahomes from the quarterback position. Uh, he's had he's had incredible drops all season long and big moments from his wide receivers. I don't think they had a single drop pass, if I'm correct, uh, in Sunday's game. Not a single drop pass for a group that's had the highest drop rate, I believe, in the NFL. And especially look at that very last play of the game. It was Valdez Scantling steals the game on a on his back, essentially, to, to bail out Mahomes on a perfect pass. 
it's amazing when you when you look at a group that's struggled so much and when it really matters in the spotlight, especially Travis Kelsey, those guys came up huge for him. Okay, I can't believe I'm going to say this, especially in that second half. Do you feel like what makes this run different for Kansas City is maybe the defense is carrying them getting back to the Super Bowl this time? Isn't that amazing? And, and this is a this is a defense that there were there are moments this year, especially much aligned, you know, much maligned part of me, Mark. And there's there are moments where you're like, man, this defense are they that they're gonna have to be extra special this year because the offense is not what it normally is. In years past, the defense didn't have to be spectacular; they just had to be pretty pretty just above average to make it happen. But this year, Steve Spagnuolo has been unbelievable with that group, and they've had guys produce all over the ball. And I'm blanking. Maybe you can fill me in on the name here. I'm blanking, but they got that. Uh, they had that cornerback they drafted two years ago that has been absolutely fantastic in the playoffs. And the back line of that Kansas City defense was great against Lamar. They kept those weapons in check. And yeah, you got to credit Spags, man. He has that unit rolling. And they've got another tough challenge against the Niners. And they've got a lot of weapons on that side too. Okay, I'll be a jerk. You know what the name of that player is? I'll be for all the other fans in the AFC. It was the zebra, the referee. He's the twelfth guy out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's already yeah, I, I will yeah, there were some there was some wishy washy officiating. I will I think it wasn't consistent on on either side, to be quite honest, which is you hate to see lack of consistency at that stage of the game from the officials, but that's what we tend to expect this time of year. All right. When this is very important. When Flowers dives to the end zone in that game, are you like me, like, okay, Ravens score, we got a ball game now? Of course. That changed the entire game. I, I think you, players have been taught from a young age, do not extend the ball. You, you can dive at the goal line, but keep the ball keep the ball tucked. Don't extend. How many times have we seen that play in, in safeties and cornerbacks? Sometimes linebackers are taught, listen, if you see the ball, obviously punch it out. We've seen that play a couple times in big game situations. You don't do it. So, yeah, they score there. All of a sudden, Baltimore, despite doing nothing offensively after that first couple of series, they would have been right in the thick of things. Did the Lions choke also in San Francisco later that night? <laughs> oh, gosh. That that game flow was even more bizarre. I mean, it's the third largest comeback in in conference championship game history for the 49ers. But, you yeah, listen, man, you know, we always talk about coaches living by the sword, dying by the sword, and Dan Campbell has, has been more aggressive on fourth down than, than most coaches have been in, you know, in playoff history. And, but still, still baffling to watch some of his decisions in that game to just, to, to just stop, you know, don't chase points or when you're up significantly in a game. And even if you just get three there in the third quarter when, when San Francisco was starting their comeback, at least stop at least stop their the consecutive scoring possessions and get three on the board. You don't know what happens. But man, when you're up twenty four to seven on the road in a title game and you blow it, uh, yeah, you, there's no way that you ha- you have to say they blew the game. There's no other there's no, oh. there's no other narrative there. There were some bad coaching decisions and uh they should be in the Super Bowl right now, which would be incredible for Dan Campbell, but he had a lot of explaining to do for good reason. Look, you talked about we hear the Alex Walker, you you're talking about the Chiefs did not drop the ball. That second half, the Lions were dropping everything in that third and fourth quarter. And it, everything. And it and it wasn't and Mark, it wasn't just insignificant drops on a first down here and there. I mean, there were some like big third down plays where Jared Goff stuck it right in the guy's numbers. Drop. I believe Jamison Williams had a really bad drop. Yeah, there were some there were some brutal brutal moments there from a 
from a Lions wide receiver core, Mark, that has been outstanding this year, one of the better in the league and one of the most improved units. And, man, to have those situations where Goss put it right on your numbers and you drop it, it's tough. Because a couple of those catches, all of a sudden, it changes the whole outcome of the, the second half and maybe puts the Lions in Vegas. Who knows? Brock Purdy is in the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts on Brock Purdy today? Brock Purdy played one of the worst games he's played all season on Sunday. But when it truly mattered, he had a game-winning drive and looked really good doing it. Uh, Brock Purdy has gotten a lot of hate just for being a, he's a game he's a game manager, this, this, that, and the other thing. But uh, you, when, a, when a quarterback is able to, when it really matters, lead his team on a game-winning drive to go to the Super Bowl, you have to give the guy credit. And look, people say he's a game manager. Well, listen, when you have the weapons he does, you don't have to be extraordinary. When you have a defense like they do, you don't have to be extraordinary. Just make the plays. Get it, get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Let them go make things happen. We've seen we've seen quarterbacks in these playoffs trying to go above and beyond themselves. Cough, cough, Dak Prescott. Look what happens. You put your team in an early hole, and you're and Brock Purdy doesn't do that. He doesn't just he doesn't try to be this extraordinary version of himself where he's forcing the ball down the field a whole bunch. Yeah, sure, he's had a couple knucklehead interceptions here and there, but all things considered, he's pretty good at protecting the ball and giving his team a chance to win. So I, I would say to be Mr. Irrelevant and being the quarterback of a Super Bowl starting team, it's pretty cool. Look, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but if I need a playoff quarterback, I'll take Brock Purdy over, I know this is blasphemy, over Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Tua and Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy knows how to win. Those other guys don't. I, I feel I feel weird saying that, Alex, but I hope that's okay if I do say that. There's something to be said about experience winning in the playoffs. And when you win and know what it feels like to win, hmm. I mean, I, listen, Lamar is great. I think he's still got a great career ahead of him. But when you're 2-4 and four in the playoffs and you haven't really won that big one yet, yeah, sure. I mean, I want a quarterback that, that knows how to win. I, I don't know if I'd go as far. I like, I like over Tua and maybe – Maybe Josh, maybe Dak. I still think Lamar Jackson's a, a a great quarterback in that situation. I just think that he was put in an inopportune situation by his offensive coordinator, where you know he he was not he was not put in a situation to succeed. And I think when you look at that interception late in the game when he threw in a triple coverage, which was a bonehead decision, he was just really at that point he was so far behind the eight ball because of the game plan that they didn't have a chance there. But and listen, Lamar still has a chance to write the narrative. Later in his career, hopefully he gets a chance to shine again. I think Dak. I think you mentioned Dak. His narrative's already read, and the dude, the dude can't win in the playoffs. Point blank, period. Okay, here's the worst case scenario. Here's what I'm thinking for the Super Bowl, and I want your thoughts. All right, so the Chiefs win the game, and Mahomes is the MVP. But while he's getting his MVP trophy. Travis Kelsey goes on one knee and and uh, <laughs> proposes. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> would the, well, would, what would happen? Well, did you see that there? There, I saw. I follow. You know, I follow a couple of sports business reporters on uh-huh. on X, and they were saying that there is actually a only in specifically the province of Ontario, you can bet max one hundred Canadian dollars. <laughs> on if Travis proposes after the game. And it's, it's just that specific region of Canada where he can do it. But I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> oh, gosh. But it's funny, you know, I, I've never seen, and if anyone is even remotely paying attention to the news cycle right now, it, it's, it is so silly 
how many networks that aren't even sports networks mm. that are not talking about the matchup and how good the matchup is. They're talking about Taylor Swift. And I think all these people are like, they're doing the math and they think they showed Taylor Swift for a grand total of like 23 seconds in the NFC or in the AFC championship game, 23 seconds. And people are getting so out of sorts. I can't believe, you know, they're showing Taylor Swift taking over the uh, 23 seconds. is It's not going to hurt you. It's going to be okay. <laughs> in, in your sports coverage, were you showing clips of Taylor Swift? I showed a Taylor Swift and B and B a shirtless Jason Kelsey. You got to show nice. balance. Yeah. Yeah. You got to show, you got to show balance. And so, you know, when he's chugging, I think I said, I think I said Jason Kelsey loses the box, but then a week later he's shirtless in Buffalo, pounding beers with fans. Like that's, that's the life right there. So listen, I'm, I'm always down to show a little, show a little the fun side of sports, but it's just amazing how bent out of shape people are getting over, over someone that's shown 23 seconds in the stands. Like, you'll be all right. Here's <laughs> here's why I'm jealous. So she shows up, probably doesn't care about football. I could be wrong. But she shows up, and her boyfriend plays for the best team in football, and they keep winning. She must think, wow, this is an easy sport to root for. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, too, because, you know, when they started when they started dating, like Travis Kelsey didn't he had, he didn't have a touchdown since week eleven, mm-hmm. and so all these you know all these websites and articles are saying, oh, like is is is, uh, is Taylor Swift like a a curse for 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 Travis Kelsey in terms of every, every time she comes to the games, he doesn't do anything, and of course when the playoffs happen, he's been unbelievable, and I think he passed what Jerry Rice for the most Man. receptions in playoff history or whatever it is. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, she must think like, hey, this whole thing's pretty easy. I'm a pretty good good luck charm. So she's having like the ride of a lifetime. You think of in terms of, uh, you know, PR with all of her friends and get to experience that life. It's it's pretty cool. It it reminds me in baseball. I'm going to date myself. Remember when A-Rod went crazy in 2009 when he started dating Kate Hudson and she'd be at the games? Yeah. 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 And it was all over TV. Yeah, I do remember that. That was that was that was a wild time. Yeah, the problem is he didn't end up with Kate Hudson. That's uh Yeah, great great reference. Great yeah. Reference. That's right. <laughs> the last time the Yankees won. It's been a minute. It has. It's been a minute. Are you I'll put you on the spot then. We're here with Alex Walker. I know the Pro Bowl's going on. Are are you doing any coverage cuz I I've not even thought about it yet. How about you? Well, you know, it's it's the 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 Pro Bowl is so we are covering it, uh, Channel 9, we are covering it. So our, uh, our sports anchor, Jared, and our uh, photographer, Shane, will be covering the game. So there's a skills challenge at UCF on Thursday that'll air on ESPN. And the games itself airs on Channel 9 on Sunday from 3 to 6. And so they'll be down on the sidelines getting interviews with some players and uh, getting video of the action. It's, it may rain a little bit. Uh, I think it normally does rain when the Pro Bowl's here, it seems mm-hmm. like, based on what our – Meteorologists have told us, but yeah, we're covering the game. They got a they got an introductory press conference um, this week to, with 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 Jason Siegel and Steve Hogan and Buddy Dyer and Jerry Demings and Ray Lewis and Demarcus Ware, and so there's a lot of fanfare to build this thing up. And uh, it's definitely more about the fan experience than it yeah. is a game. And so I think I think fans that just want to like casually enjoy being around big pros, this is the game for you. And uh, it'd be pretty neat, I think. Uh, my favorite memory, so this is before the pandemic, might have been 18 or 19, where I went to Wide World of Sports, and like you said, you 
in years past, you had the practices out there. So all the fans would show up. So one of the places, kind of like where that basketball arena is, they had the all Madden, like semifinals. It was the crazy. Oh, cool. oh man. It was so crazy. Cause you saw guys playing for thousands of dollars. And then I think you won. And then at Super Bowl weekend, they'd play for the Madden championship. And I know you're like me where you grew up playing the game, but I've oh, never, absolutely. yeah, it's like, I'm not kidding. They were playing for like $50,000. Like that. It's, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> That's pretty insane. And they're probably yeah. some of the best players in the world. Too. Yeah, and it wasn't my favorite part, Alex. It's not like Mark Moses versus Alex Walker in this, this semifinal. No, it's, uh, you know, Niners fan 67 taking on, you know, <laughs> hype man yeah, 73. Exactly. exactly. Use that That's gamer awesome. tag. Um, before I let you go, let's talk some magic real quick. They had a hot start to the season. I mean, they were great. Now it feels like they came back to earth third 500. What do you think of this basketball team right now? It's a combination of, I'll put, I'll put it this way and, and kind of shape it in context of the season. Mm. This January by far was their worst, worst month. It was their most difficult month from a schedule perspective. Just a brutal stretch of games when you look at the, the Thunder and the Knicks and the Sixers and the Cavaliers and the Suns and the Mavericks. I mean, that's, that is a brutal stretch when you add in Denver and Sacramento and Golden State in there as well. And so a combination of a tough stretch to get them, they were five, they're five and 10 in the month of January. It was their most injured month as well. They finally have all their pieces back now, but they were really banged up uh, when the calendar flipped to 2024. And so when you're still looking at a team, they started January 19 and 13. They're 24 and 23 now, a game above 500. They're still very much in the thick of things. The team's healthy now. They're on, they're on, they're on a, they're on a four game road trip here, uh, starting with the Spurs and they got the Timberwolves, Pistons, Heat, I believe. And so look, man, this is a team that if you would have, I think if you would have told Magic fans when the season started, Hey, when February begins, you have the chance to be two games above 500. I would say 99 out of 100 Magic fans would say, I will take that in a heartbeat. This team's competitive. They're currently at the season end of today. They would be in the playoffs. I don't. You can't find me a Magic fan oh. that would say, "Yeah, I'll consider that a disappointment." Should Paolo Bencaro make the All Star team? One hundred percent. I think it would be a joke if he's not. Um, anybody that's watched the Magic this year, uh, the dude can take over games. This is a guy when they drafted him number one, they wanted him to be this kind of face of a franchise player, and he has been. He's top twenty five in the league in scoring. This guy leads the Magic. In every single category, essentially, he's played and started in all 47 games this season. Dude hasn't missed a game. He's been healthy. He's been dominant. He's had a few game winners. And then so the, the voting returns that came in, it looks good and looks likely that he'll get the nod. He'd be the first Magic player since Nikola Vucevic to, to be an all-star. And after him, the first since Dwight Howard. And so I think there's a very strong chance Paolo is an all-star. He should be. The numbers back it up. And hopefully he, he gets a well-deserved trip to Indianapolis to represent this franchise. Oh, and a bonus before I let you go. I saw you for a second. I know you're busy. Dude, that UCF win over Kansas earlier this month was one of the best, craziest atmospheres I've ever been around for college ball. How about you? And I've been in some big time. I used to cover Kentucky Wildcats, man. And that was, and I've seen some big time atmospheres. That was awesome. And they had all the UCF fans have the fronds from the from the storm the previous day. Yeah. And yeah, they upset Kansas, and then they go and beat Texas on the road. And so 
I never thought UCF basketball would be off to a essentially a 500 start in the conference through six, seven games. But yeah, man, that was a, that was a pretty electric atmosphere. So between basketball and an awesome football schedule coming up, night fans have a lot to be excited about for the next couple months. Horns down, buddy. Horns down. <laughs> hey, don't do that. You'll get in trouble. Why? Why do you get in trouble? I still don't understand. Uh, it's so silly. Man. It's so silly. I think my, one of my favorite things is ever since they did that to UCF, every single opposing fan base has just absolutely gone above and beyond what they would normally do to make sure Texas sees what they're doing. It's like, let's say, if you can do horns up, you can do horns down. You're about to go to the SEC, like, grow up. <laughs> it's it's going to be okay. It's just a hand gesture. I go to SEC media days. I try to go every year. This summer is going to be nuts because Texas is going to show up and think everyone's going to bow down to them. Uh, no. Not at all. No. <laughs> okay. No, they're not. What can we check out your coverage here for the Pro Bowl, Super Bowl coming up? What do you got, buddy? Yeah, Channel 9, we got a packed week, man. We got between the Pro Bowl this week. We got speed weeks coming up in a couple weeks at Daytona. Yeah. And then also one of the – the coolest things about this particular weekend outside of the Pro Bowl is we have the U.S. Olympic Team Trials Marathon in downtown Orlando. And so the best American marathon runners in the country are competing for a spot in Paris. As the signs say, the road to Paris runs through downtown Orlando. And so we're going to have nice. coverage of the marathon trial as well uh, this weekend. It's, it's, it's fun, man. Orlando's a, a, Orlando's a big-time destination for sports events. you got the marathon trial. The Pro Bowl Speed Week is coming up. Arnold Palmer Invitational coming up. So a lot to be excited for. You can find it all on Channel 9. Can we go to Paris? Come on. Let's go. I would love to. Uh, Come on. Dude. Uh, Paris seems fun. Haven't been. I'll just try to find some local connection to a Central Florida athlete in Paris. We'll apply for credentials and get on a plane. $10,000 later, <laughs> we'll be paying it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just put on a credit card and look the other way. It's fine. I went in December, buddy. It was awesome. I love it. Uh, I heard it was amazing. I'm glad you had a good time. I love it. Alex Walker, my man, thanks for your help and have a great day. Hey, thanks, Mark. You too.